everybody. Welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. This is episode number seven. We are your hosts. I'm Brad. I'm Miguel. And today is a really special episode. I've been waiting for probably the, the entire time that we've been doing this show. Um, I've wanted to do this episode. Miguel, how the hell are you? I am tired as hell, but I'm ready for this. You've been working out a whole lot, though. I really have. And let me tell you, I've lost a lot of weight okay. as I am now gaining it all back with a good old Heineken. With that beer. Yeah, See, while you're I, drinking tea. We're, I am. I'm drinking hot tea right now. I'm drinking black tea because we're still, my wife and I are still on our diet. We've yeah. been on a diet for a month. We've been doing Whole30. So as of midnight tomorrow, I can have a drink again. Uh, I can actually have a beer with you during Fella, the show. Guys, hear this. Okay, I went over to his place, uh, I think a couple days ago. I was expecting some good, like, some good meal that they're going to cook from their 30 diet thing. I hate oh, you. I literally get fucking <laughs> um, burnt-ass chicken-looking burgers, which, granted, they were good. I mean, I'll be honest, they were good. But then the next day, I see their Facebook post, and it's like some gourmet shit. I'm over here like, you gave me fucking burgers, and then the next day you make some gourmet-looking stuff? I was no. hurt. I grilled you burgers. I grilled you burgers. I seasoned them myself. I grilled them. They were burgers. You know they were burgers. Yet you and my dad both say they looked like friggin' chicken. They did on the picture. Plus, you dropped like two of them out there. And it was fucking. I dropped one. It was like 36 degrees out there, too. The fuck we were doing? I dropped one. Yeah, well, I'm glad your diet's almost over so we can drink beer and actually eat like human beings. Yeah. All right. You watch anything good this week? Uh, let me think. I just finished The Highwayman. Oh, how was that? that? It's a bomb movie. It, do you guys do you know what that's about? Uh-uh. I've never seen it. It's primarily about uh, it's about the story of Bonnie and Clyde and how like, they were fucking shit up in the South or like Midwest, I guess. And uh, I forgot who the person is. Some lady in the government was like, okay, these two are like causing havoc. We need to like bring back these two guys that are like they're cowboys. They were like Texas Rangers. So they yeah. were the people that hunted the cowboys. You know, like mm-hmm. Wyatt Earp from Tombstone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much people like him. And uh they're they're like well into their old age and they're not in their prime. And they're literally tasked to hunt down Bonnie and Clyde. And the movie is just pretty much about hunting them down. That's pretty dope. Uh Kevin Costner, I think's the name. That's the yeah. actor. And uh Oh, Kevin Costner is a great actor. For real. And uh, Woody Harrelson, who was just a giant pothead, but I still love him to death. Also Fucking a good actor, though. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see that interview where it was uh, Chris Hemsworth's brother and Woody Harrelson? They were in an interview for like – No, I didn't. They were like in an interview with, for a Hunger Games because they're both in it. Yeah. And the interview was asking Chris Hemsworth's brother about uh, you know Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. And then Woody Harrelson was just sitting here like this. He was like – I didn't know that was your brother, man. <laughs> they, they fucking look – they look the same. And and his brother's over here like, yeah, did you not know that, man? We've talked about it like at least eight times. And Woody Harrison was like, nah, man, I really didn't know. That's hilarious. <laughs> but now that you mention it, yeah, you two do look alike. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, that man smoked so much pot, he really didn't know. Didn't I, or at least if he did, he didn't remember. Exactly. <laughs> what have you watched? Um, well, dude, I, you have to watch WandaVision. We just watched the fourth episode tonight. The fourth episode of WandaVision is a huge, like, direction change. And it's not even a direction change. Like, 
you saw it coming in the episode because the first three episodes are kind of lighthearted. They're just fun. It's like the old, like, I Love Lucy, The Witch, like all those old TV shows. But episode four was like, I mean, we, it, it's based more on um, like the main storyline of I think where it's headed. And it's, it just, it gets darker and it's really, really cool. Wanda, I mark my words, I really think they're doing the House of M storyline where Wanda's going to be like the bad guy and she's going to go insane. She's already you know, like showing signs of like going crazy. Like she can't, it, it's like she's built up this world in her head and she's created this alternate reality and people are starting to realize that something's wrong and she's like shutting everybody out and like she's pissed. Like, I'm not, I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, you know, somebody gets in there. Well, a couple of people get into this alternate reality world and Wanda, she's pissed. I mean, she, it, it, she's just, she's showing signs of being crazy. And like, this is taking more of a mental toll on her than she realizes. I watched, I think I watched like a preview of it or like a review of it. So obviously, I mean, I got spoiled. By the way, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I'm going to talk about it right now. Like apparently, like he's what she did. She hijack a neighborhood, pretty much. Yeah, ba- basically, yeah. If you guys don't want WandaVision spoilers, pause <laughs> or fast forward a few seconds. Not um, too late. <laughs> but yeah, she she basically, like I said, the first three episodes are very. Um, how do I even say it? They're they're, they're very lighthearted. They're very fun. It's just like it's seeing Wanda and Vision like getting the life they never had. But there's little hints of like something's wrong, something's messing up with this world she's created. And then we learn in the fourth episode, it's Monica Rambeau, who was the little girl in Captain Marvel. She's grown up now. Mm. And the, the, the beginning of the episode, like Julia and I had our mouths dropped. It was so good. Do you want me to tell you? Might as well. At the beginning of the episode, it starts out when the Hulk snaps and brings everybody back. And it's in a hospital. Monica Rambeau's in the hospital. And it's people like reappearing, like the dust and like reforming after they brought everybody back. So it starts out like during that last fight in Endgame. And it's just, it, it, the, the whole episode was amazing. But, you know, basically um, someone that Wanda befriended inside of her little world is, she doesn't want her in there. And Wanda realizes that she's not really just a part of this fictional world. And Wanda kicks her out and like violently kicks her out and it's angry. And it's kind of like the crazy Wanda, like we saw like at the beginning of Age of Ultron mm-hmm. when she was still, she wasn't an Avenger and she was still like, she didn't trust anybody. It was just her and her brother. It was just struck her like messing with them. And, you know, yeah, back it, when, you know, she had like a thick accent. Now she talks like normal. I know. That's the one thing about Wanda I don't really understand is how she has that American-ass accent now. <laughs> there's a – there's a. I read a theory. It was saying after the events of uh, – or like during the events of Civil War, I think, or after Age of Ultron, um, Natasha pretty much taught her how to speak without an accent so she could blend in. Mm. Yeah, I that's true. That's fine. That, that could be a possibility. I like that theory. But yeah. that – was it Monica Rambeau that she like threw into oblivion? She didn't I, throw her into oblivion. She Monica Rambeau accidentally got into her world. And Monica Rambeau brought up Ultron. 
I don't know if Monica Rambeau realized where she was. I think she was confused, but she brought up Ultron. And that was when Wanda realized she's not part of this fictional world. She's from the outside because she knows what Ultron is. So when she mentioned Ultron, of course, that, that strikes home for her because of her brother. Yeah. She didn't like Ultron. And she threw her out, like launched her out of this fictional world. You know Monica Rambeau is like a she's a she becomes a superhero. I think Photon I think is her she name. Be, she becomes Captain Marvel, doesn't she? In like an alternate dimension? No, I think her like legitimate super superhero name is Photon. And people are I saw a theory thinking that this WandaVision episode, this WandaVision series is gonna create House of M where she mm-hmm. basically, you know, blows everything up because she pretty much created what was what people are saying is like the big bang she has the power right. to create like that big bang and she created this universe and when she threw monica rambeau into like fucking oblivion i guess i'll say that um that much energy that that she thrusted on her gives her her superpower yeah so people are thinking that when shit hits the fan at the end of uh, wandavision she throws out this another burst of energy that scours the world creating mutants that would be dope. Where, which is where the x-men come into play which i honestly like i like that theory i would love I, know, for them I think to, that'd be cool that'd be awesome it'd be a great way to introduce the x-men that would be Absolutely. pretty dope yeah we got really sidetracked there <laughs> we really did but um yeah i we also watched knives out for the first time i hadn't seen it when it came out in theaters i saw it uh when did i see it oh i saw it with uh I saw it with one of my exes at her place, and we did it in the cold. Oh my god, was that it was a challenge? It was. Great. It was good. I thought it was it a was, good movie. There's a lot of A-list actors in there. I mean, you got Daniel Craig, Jamie yep. Lee Curtis. Yep. Um, I, I th- there's a whole bunch. I can't even think of them all right now. But it was it was really good. Um, we've it also was- continued our X Files binge. <laughs> Again. Well, I mean, we're, dude, The X-Files is long. I mean, there's 11 seasons plus two movies, and each season has like 25 episodes. It's a lot. I mean, it's- Yeah, a, see, I haven't, I haven't watched uh, The X-Files ever. It's, it's fantastic. It is one, of, it's in my top five TV shows. It's just a lot, but it's really good. It sounds like Warehouse 13. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very unique. It's its own, it, it it's it's just really good. If you like paranormal, creepy, weird stuff, like the bump in the night stuff, the X Files is awesome. Okay. I might check that out. It's really good. It's on Hulu. But all right. Um, let's hop right into it. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. What's the topic today, guys? All right. I mean, so Brad. uh we <laughs> so we are talking um the future of the movie theater. And that, you know, this is something I think that's been on, it's been on my mind for a long time throughout this whole year. Um, and it's been on a lot of people's minds. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to Michael Moore's podcast, which I know many people know Michael Moore is a political activist, but I mean, he's a filmmaker. He's a documentary filmmaker. I, I think, I think one of his documentaries, I forget which one is the highest grossing documentary of all time. I want to say. Michael Moore? I, yeah. 
I haven't heard of that, honestly. Yeah, he he um he he's very political. He's a political activist, but he he's a filmmaker. I mean, that's what he does. And he, I was listening to his podcast on um on Spotify. It's called Rumble, and he did an episode a few weeks ago that was titled "Cinema Saves the World." And I just thought that was really it, that kind of hit me, and that I guess inspired me to want to talk about this. Plus, it had already been weighing heavy on my mind, anyways. And you know, he's you know he Michael Moore described that they put that on his theater in Michigan. He's from Flint, Michigan, and they put that up on his. Um, they put that up. What? I was just I was talking about Flint, Michigan. By the way, well, they, I mean, but that's that's part of what he does. He's a political activist. I mean, he um, advocates. He advocates for yep. for Flint and you know, political figures and things like that. But he, he said before their film festival each year at his theater in Michigan, he puts up on the billboard, Cinema Saves the World. And it, it just, it stuck with me because we are living in a weird time that since COVID happened, we don't really get cinema in the sense of what it would traditionally mean to us. Yes. Because we can't go to the theater. Yes. and. You know, I mean, if you look at this from the time, from March 13th, when everything started to shut down and the pandemic really began, I mean, the theaters started to close. The box office was losing billions of dollars mm-hmm. because all of these movies basically ceased. They, they couldn't release them because everybody was on lockdown. Everybody was scared. And e- even if the theaters were open, people weren't going to go. Yeah. I mean, hell, even now we have a vaccine, which... The vaccine still isn't widely available. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Even if the theaters were to open completely right now, I know some of them are open. Cinemark is open. Um, I think, is AMC AMC or Regal? One of the two is open. I want to say AMC. All I know is AMC is doing great right now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's all Um, I got to (laughs) say. But, you know, I, I think the biggest thing to remember when we're talking about what is the future of the movie theater it's that it's a business and mm-hmm. you know I, Dave McRae says it best on his show you know it, it's a business cinema is a business they it's about making money they are only going to do what makes them money it's not that they don't care about fans but again they don't care about just because we want to go see a movie in the theater if it can make its money back on HBO Max they're going to put that thing on HBO Max. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and I, 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 just, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And, and uh, I, obviously it sucks. It hurts because I want to go back to the movie theater. I'm actually going to go. I've been super excited. I took a, um, I took the day off next Friday. Sunday's my birthday. And I took the day off on Friday. We're going to go see um, the little things with Denzel Washington and Jared Leto. And um Rami Malek yeah it's that that like, like, it's like that crime yeah I, we're gonna go see that in the theater and it's the first time I've been in a movie theater since we went and saw Tenet which did you see Tenet I really want to it's it, it sounds dope and uh it's a Christopher Nolan movie too so obviously yeah. it's gonna be a lot of mind twisters and and it's, it is it's a the, weird mind twister movie you know what I mean theory the theory behind it that I, I I obviously if Whenever I don't get to see the movies in theaters, I end up just watching the reviews and people talk about it. And just 
the way they explained it was such a mind fuck that I'm like, I, I got to see this just to see it, it for myself. It really is. It's basically time travel, right? Yes, but with a twist. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's basically like it, this topic. It is, twist. Yes, yes. So it's it's basically about time travel. But you know, when Tenet came out, I think that came out in what October, August, yes. October, somewhere in there, somewhere yes. last fall, and I, I think they expected Tenet to be a godsend. <laughs> For the theaters, and then it would bring a whole bunch of people back, but it didn't. I think Tenet kind of underperformed, and that I don't think that's the fault of the movie. I think the movie was good. I we enjoyed it, and it was yeah. the first time I had been in a movie theater in eight months. So I was like, like let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So kind of how I feel right now. I mean, I'm dying to have a large Cinemark popcorn with a large Coke right now. Dying to. Can't wait for you to spend fifty bucks. I know. On just popcorn and coke. I miss spending fifty bucks on popcorn and coke. But. <laughs> I'm sure they do too. But uh, I mean, with the whole movie theater things going on, um, I can't remember the last time I went to go see a movie. It was actually, it couldn't have been. I think it was Endgame. No. No way. That's a year and a half ago. That's that was a while ago. I'm trying to figure out what movies I've watched. Endgame came out in May of nineteen, right? I could have sworn the last time I saw a movie was with you then. What I King, of, King of the Monsters came out before Endgame, right? Or after? No, Endgame. it came after Endgame. Okay, well, so, you and I went and saw that in the movie yeah, theater. Yeah, so it was definitely – it had to have been like King of the Monsters, which, you know, okay. respect. But after that, I haven't been back. and Because uh, I, I remember I was hyped for all these other movies coming out because I want to go see them. But then when COVID hit and it started – what happened first? It started pushing movie release dates back. Right, and they then, they, and they then were just the theaters are shutting down. They were delaying them. Yeah, but the I think the problem was they were the studios didn't want to release them because again it's a business. They're not going to lose all that. They're not going to lose the hundred million dollars it took to make Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and just keep you lose that and release it in the theater when nobody's going to be there. Yeah, because they're not going to make the money. They're just not. The theater's not going to make money. The studio's not going to make money. They're just not going to make it back. And their also, their next thing was HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another topic that is interesting too. Is whether or not are people like are people going to be more inclined to stay at home now to watch these movie premieres instead of going to the theaters? And, and that's really the crux of the whole thing. I think is. Will streaming services be the death of movie theaters? The same as Netflix and Redbox were the death of Blockbuster and the video rental stores. Now, I have my own I have my own theories, but you know, like you said, when this started in March, last March, and these films kept getting delayed, there was nothing for the theaters to show. Plus, even if they were showing movies, nobody was gonna go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nobody was going to show up. So they kept delaying them. And then all the exhibitors, Cinemark, AMC, Regal, what's another movie chain? I don't even. The I mean, those are the have. ones. They're the three. The three I think ones. they're the, the big three. But, you know, they, they had no income. All their stocks were falling. You know, it, it was, I, I think I read somewhere that it was down like 35% mm-hmm. for Cinemark, like by the end of March 
of last year. I mean, it was like yeah. that little like short span of like two weeks when they declared it a pandemic to then the movie theaters were tanking, which goes to show you how much fucking revenue they bring in. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cause like, I mean, obviously millions of people obviously come to the movie theaters and every single blockbuster generates like billions of dollars yeah and even even the ones that bomb they still bring in millions yeah and so like when the movie theaters started closing i think they obviously they were not prepared for it as for anyone else no one was really prepared for this pandemic but it really hit the movie theaters hard because that's what they relied on was viewers mm -hmm. so whenever they started uh losing all this revenue i mean they didn't know what to do so I mean, they just sat there and just took the brunt of it. They just lost all this money. Now, they're uh, they came out with a good idea, which I think is brilliant. But I mean, it's also expensive. You can rent out a movie theater, which it's a I think cool is a cool idea. Dope. But it's a lot of money, though. A lot of money, which you know, people like us. I mean, you know, people that you know live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. We uh, can't really afford that. Right. But uh, I've seen people like literally rent the place out just so they could play Mario Kart. I have friends that did that, and I'm like, hmm. Didn't get an invite, but okay, whatever. That sounds fun, though. I would love to try that. Dude, I, I said this from the time this started. When, when, when the news started to hit the fan about movie theaters and the fact that they were – we knew there was an issue. We knew they weren't opening anytime soon. And I'm not talking right now. This idea wouldn't work right now because we're starting to function again. Society, when you drive by a mall, the parking lot isn't empty anymore. There was a point in March, April, May, June, the parking lots were empty. Nobody was going anywhere. Everybody was staying home. I swear, I wish these big theater chains, Cinemark, AMC, they should have put a screen in the parking lot. Drive-ins? And did a drive-in style theater. They could have been making their revenue. Now, again, it, it's a different experience. You can't charge the same amount you would charge for a movie ticket. But make find a, they could find a way to make their popcorn outside. You drive up. They have local people from around town as vendors for food. You get some food. That way, the local vendors, local restaurants are making their money. The big theater chains making their money. And we still get to see the movies on the big screen. I wish they would have thought of that and done that from day one. And I mean, obviously, yes, it would have been an investment. They would have had to invest in the screen and, and stuff. And logistically speaking, it probably wouldn't work. Cause obviously, you know, here at the Russian Cinemark, that's impossible to do. You Why? know what I mean? They have enough parking lot for that. I mean, because you know, each Russian Cinemark owns that part of the mall. Everyone else is, either uh yeah i mean that space for, for their own revenue and if they you if richmond cinemark decided to use that spot it would cost another business money and people don't want to step on each other's toes which is also i want to talk about was the comeback of drive-in movie theaters because whenever yes uh, whenever the cinemark started closing down all of these um drive-in movie theaters started coming back and don't get me wrong i went to the drive-in i think uh it was, i think around in the summer 
that was the first time I went back to a drive-in in like fucking years. I know, me and too. Even, and even back then, I didn't really go to the drive-in. I lived in an area where like I could literally just look out my back window <laughs> and I could, just, I could just see the movie. I can't hear it, yeah. but I, I, like, they'll be playing Shrek. I know Shrek, all the lines from Shrek, like the back of my hand. So I just, I just pretty much know what they're talking about, yeah. and I just sit there and watch it. That was my like, experience in the drive-in. But when I went to the when I went to a legitimate drive-in, it was a pretty great experience. I actually liked it better than the Cinemark. That's a hot topic, but yeah, that's a hot take. But I mean, I obviously for me being in a theater, you you can't beat it. Uh, it it's it is like my favorite thing to do. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we went to the drive-in three or four times. We saw. It's funny, we saw horror movies. We saw Halloween there. We watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Scream was playing. A Nightmare on Elm Street was playing. And we went, and it was just, it's just a good time. Like, it's just fun. We saw something else there, too. I saw, yeah. um, I saw Footloose, which was honestly, it, it took me back to the 80s. I, like, when I, whenever I went down there to see it, I was like, man, like, I feel like I'm in the 80s right now. Like, I need to wear some my Converse cropped up jeans. <laughs> and just a tight medium shirt that's all i need right now and i'm back in the 80s yeah but uh i mean with the whole drive-in movie theaters i knew that was i knew that was going to come back because people were talking about it but i haven't heard much news about it after that it was like a solid couple of months well in the summer obviously because of winter okay yeah, yeah i get it but it was like a couple of months in the summer and there's clearly plenty of more time to for them to keep going but then they just kind of like died off i haven't heard anything about going to the movie theater to the drive-ins so i don't know it's just a fact COVID affected the drive-ins too because people really didn't want to be outside yeah and honestly i mean i i think we will hear more about drive-ins especially when it gets warmer i think they'll Mm -hmm. they'll come back i and you know i think I, I'm I'm hoping I'm very hopeful that movie theaters will swing up again and that they'll I'm, be that they'll come back. I'm sure they will. I think, which again we're going to talk about. I'm bringing up Godzilla vs Kong because I know that's going to bring people back. Yeah, and I I think that was a really smart move. And to be completely honest, I truly believe Warner Brothers did that on purpose because they know they need to get people back, and it's smart on their part. Because here's the deal. Warner Brothers is thinking if they can get people, if they can fill up the theater for Godzilla versus Kong, they're going to say, man, that, that movie was fucking awesome. They're going to go tell all their friends. They're going to mm-hmm. go tell all their family. And everybody's going to go see Godzilla versus Kong. And that crowd going back to the movie theater is going to pave the way for people to feel comfortable about going back to the theater. Yeah. So then all of these other Warner Brothers pictures that are coming out in the movie theater down the road for the rest of this year they're going to go see them in the movie theater and they're going to pick up the additional revenue from hbo max because i mean obviously i i don't think that their revenue from hbo max is going to be near what they'll make box office wise no well it's it's based on i don't know how hbo max is doing it i think they're getting a cut of everybody's subscriptions I was going to say that, like, is it, does it come with a subscription or do they need to buy the movie? Or no, it? it comes with it. Like when we watched Wonder Woman 84, it, it was just on there. Okay, then cool. Then yeah, maybe they get a percentage of, uh, and that's what I would, that would be my guess. 
Yeah. So I mean, it's still they're still gonna make a ton of money because more people are gonna want to subscribe to HBO Max. Right. So HBO Max is gonna get a lot more uh, traffic, and then they're gonna obviously Warner Bros is gonna get a little bit of uh, revenue from them. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to the movie theaters, it's interesting to know that it's it's pretty funny or ironic to know that the first big blockbuster that's coming out when the movie theaters are just now opening up is Godzilla vs. Kong. And it makes sense because back, I think it was 1963 or two, when Godzilla vs. Kong, when King Kong vs. Godzilla came out, I mean, that was a blockbuster at the time right. because, you know, Godzilla was famous and King Kong was famous in the States. So mm -hmm. obviously when they found out they were clashing together, a lot of people wanted to go see it. So Absolutely. I think I, I can – I'm positive to say Godzilla – King Kong versus Godzilla in 1963 or two uh, had the most revenue of all time mm. in Godzilla movies. Wow. Yeah. Everyone else – everything else kind of just you know did okay. But that one had the most revenue in the franchise. So now that in our generation, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. With our generation, we're going to see it again, and I think it's going to generate the same amount of hype. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'll be honest, guys, I'm on TikTok, by the way, but <laughs> I'm on TikTok <laughs> a lot. That shameless so, plug. <laughs> but uh, I don't post anything. But um, whenever, I, whenever I'm on TikTok now, like, my For You page has everything to do with Godzilla vs. Kong. Like, they are hyping the movie up a lot because it's the first big blockbuster movie, so to speak, that's coming out when these movie theaters are starting to open back up. So a lot more traffic are going to be coming to the movie theaters because not only they miss the movie theaters, but because this big blockbuster that's been here, for, that's been around or for generations pretty much, right. is coming back for our generation. And I think it's dope to know that because it's just interesting to see how it's all playing out when you delve more deeper into it. Because it's all going to come out you know, with lots of growth. So I'm excited to see how Godzilla vs. Kong does and how the movie theaters do too because just because Warner Bros. decided to take that risk. And did you hear that they pushed it back too? By like four I don't, or five days or something. Yeah, I don't know I, why. I really don't know what their uh, goal is for that. I, unless, first I was, let's see. Keep going. I'm going to look unless, something up. Unless they're buffering more time for people to get the COVID vaccine, which doesn't make sense to me now that I say it out loud. Sorry, guys. But, I mean, it's... I don't know what their reasoning was behind that, but nevertheless, Weird. it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Because I was, I was, I was thinking maybe they were going to push it to a weekend, but originally when it was coming out on the twenty sixth of March, it was on a Friday. Now it's coming out on a Wednesday. So Ew. I don't really know. I don't know. That's kind of that's a weird one. That's an interesting plan. But I mean, I I, I think. It's not a small thing to say that not only for Warner Brothers and for the the MonsterVerse and for Legendary, but there there is a lot riding on Godzilla versus Kong for the film industry. I mean, the entire industry. There's a lot riding on it because if Godzilla versus Kong hits theaters and nobody goes to see it, which again. I don't think that's going to happen. It's I think like, people are. I think people are going to want to go to see it. Yeah, but for I, sure. But I think it's like sixty forty that people are going to want to go see it. Right. You know what I mean, 
you know, but if it, I, I know if it tanks, these other these studios are going to be like, oh, hell with that. We're not we're not putting it in the theater. It, it's going to go to streaming. But if Godzilla mm-hmm. vs Kong goes to the theater and it destroys the box office because people are ready to go back. People want to go back. People want to see it in the theater. They want that theater experience. These other studios are going to be like, holy shit, put it in, put it in the theater. Put it in the theater. Put yeah. it in. Put it in. Yeah. And they're still going to leave it on HBO Max because if it does incredibly well in the theater and it's on HBO Max, they're just going to make more money, which again, mm-hmm. that's what this whole thing is about anyways. <laughs> It's kind of sad when you think about it, but like everything revolves around money. You know what I mean? Oh, there's nothing sad about that. That's just the way this world works. It, it really is. I'm, Especially I'm with the stock art. market stuff. You wanted to bring that up. I, M- Miguel's going to bring up the stock market thing. It is, I, I am not up to date with my uh, my stock market. No, okay, listen. Info. I'm I'm by no means am I uh, into the stock market either, okay? I just was paying attention to what's going on. And obviously, you guys know that you know all these movie theaters have like been suffering a lot with the COVID pandemic. So AMC, one of the stocks that's currently on topic right now, it tanked really bad. And it's I don't know, it's something to do with hedge fund managers. They were betting down on all these stocks like GameStop, AMC, Nokia, and like all of a sudden, like I don't know, these people our generation on Reddit were like. Hey, we got a good idea. We finally know how to do this, so we're just gonna sh- buy all of these shares and just fuck off, fuck over these uh, hedge fund managers. It was so basically now, in in the eyes of the the stock market and in the eyes of Wall Street, they were like worthless stocks, right? Yeah, they were just worthless. They were just gonna let it let it fall, let it tank, and everything. But then you know, like our generation, I mean, we love uh, AMC. pop culture. Yeah, pop, we love pop, pop culture, culture stuff. Yeah, like let me tell you. Uh, Build a Bear went up, uh, AMC went up, <laughs> GameStop, Blockbuster Video went up. Let it's me like tell the you. most random shit. But then again, it's not the most random shit because again, it's pop culture stuff. It's that generation. It's people who grew up in the '80s and '90s and 2000s mm-hmm. that are making that happen. Pretty much because they miss they miss having these things, and with the pandemic, it made it worse. Obviously, Blockbuster was just a lost cause, but I mean, it was just a nostalgic feeling. And now, like all these uh. Wall Street guys, they're freaking out. Uh, I remember I, I have a share in AMC now. I'm just letting you guys know. I bought like 20 shares. And Miguel's trying to bring I back the like theater, after, man. He's ready. Yeah, I'm all for it. Because <laughs> obviously, like, AMC was without a doubt going bankrupt. And I they think had, this they is had just, declared bankruptcy. Yeah. I think that this is just another uh, example of uh, power to the fans. You know what I mean? Just with the exactly with the Snyder cut too like all these people were in uproar so they spoke out their reasoning and guess what we got the Snyder cut now uh AMC was at bankruptcy and the fan all the fans of movie theaters were like no we're gonna save this like we want this to stay so then they bought all these shares I think the thing with the Snyder cut's a little bit different though because I mean let's be real Warner Brothers knew that if they released the Snyder cut they were going to make that money, 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 money back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I'm not, again, you know I'm not I mean, saying though, right? that the yes, I'm not saying that the fans being in then their outcry didn't force their hand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't. I mean, I don't. You or my brother might be able to put this into better perspective for me. But you know, AMC's stock has gone up. 
and they were in bankruptcy, does the fact that their stock is going up and that all these people are buying shares now, is that helping the company? Fuck yes. So it is. It's going to help them. It should, okay. I think. Because, I mean, if your stocks go up, it means that they're getting a lot – they're generating a lot more investments. Right. So that and, means and that's, be that's what I stuff. figured. I mean, to be completely honest, it, <laughs> I, I'm, I sound like I'm being like, screw the rich, which, I mean, hell I am. But <laughs> if, um, if it helps the theater – I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to invest. I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. I need my cash. Hey man, I had I like, pay bills. <laughs> I had like, but, I had a hundred bucks just to drop. So I was like, Hey, might as well. I just threw in a hundred bucks. And I said, let me just save this, this, uh, AMC yeah. real quick. Join the, join the revolution. There was a funny thing. I saw a meme. It said, uh, it, it was, uh, basically Reddit talking to parlor and it was like, see, that's how you start a revolution. My guy. <laughs> I think that's freaking hilarious. Parler tried his hardest to be like some big revolution thing. Now it's shut down, and Reddit is over here actually fucking over the stock market. Like, yep, Reddit's king, buddy. Reddit is king. Yeah. But uh, anyways, well, yeah. I, I it, it's <laughs> funny that you had mentioned Blockbuster because I, I think the real crux of this entire conversation about the movie theaters and whether they're going to survive or not, you kind of have to look at the past and learn from that. I mean, if you look at Blockbuster, again, 80s, 90s, 2000 kids, if you were born in one of those three decades, Blockbuster was a big part of your childhood. Let's be completely Absolutely. honest. Did I mean, know, fun was... fact, fun fact, I, uh, Blockbuster, that was the first place I uh, pre-ordered a movie. Do you know what movie that was? Godzilla versus, or King Kong versus Godzilla? No, it was Iron Man. Really? <laughs> yeah. That was the first movie Ooh, I ever I pre-ordered. And I think, I mean, obviously I didn't know it was going to become this big sensation. But right. it's interesting to know because I still have the copy at my, at my office. Not my, like the other, the other room is my yeah. office. Okay. But yeah, I have, I have my first pre-ordered copy of uh, Iron Man. That's dope. Yeah. So obviously Blockbuster is like, it's, it has a close spot in my heart. Yeah, I mean, it, it does for everybody, you know, like Blockbuster opened in 1985. It was incredibly successful for a very long time. Um, Viacom, which you remember Viacom, they, they had, they have their hand in a whole bunch of different things. Um, I think they were in VHS tapes and stuff at one point, but Viacom bought Blockbuster for $8.4 billion at one point. And you got to remember, this is in the 90s. So $8.4 billion was a big deal 20 years ago. You know what yeah. I mean? So they bought that. And it's funny because Viacom bought Blockbuster thinking, hell, Blockbuster is going to be our big revenue maker. Blockbuster is hot right now. It is going. And then 2010, I may have misspoken. I think they bought it in the early 2000s, okay. not the 90s. But Viacom bought Blockbuster because they wanted to use Blockbuster's revenue to buy Paramount Pictures. That didn't work, did it? But here was the problem. And this is, again, this is the comparison between streaming services and, well, streaming services, basically, but not in the same way. Now we're in this online space. Everything is online. Everything is, you stream it from your TV or your PlayStation or your Xbox. 
there were two things that happened in 2008, 9, and 10 that killed Blockbuster. And that was Netflix and that was Redbox. Well, did you know, like, Netflix didn't start out as a streaming service? Right. And, well, it technically it was. Be, well, not really, because it wasn't streaming. It wasn't streaming in the same sense that we know it as. It was the mail order, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you make your online account, you order your movies online, and then they're shipped to you. So, yeah, it was different, but it was still more convenient than having to drive to Blockbuster and then pick out your movie and then take it back. And then, they, of course, Blockbuster was always big about the late fees. Which I know eventually, do you remember when Blockbuster canceled all their late fees? They said they it, weren't doing late fees anymore. It led to their downfall because people were not paying their late fees. Because, I mean, no one, I mean, honestly, I remember, fuck, we had like $50 of late fees well, yeah. at Blockbuster. And the cashier was like, you know what? Just go ahead. No one well, cares. And that's the problem, though. That I think that was, you're exactly right. That's part of where Blockbuster's downfall was, was that they were trying to compete. And I get it. They they thought they were doing the right thing. They they were tanking. They were trying to keep up with the times. But obviously, Redbox and Netflix were were killing it yep. because it was so convenient. And that's where I think the streaming services fall with movie theaters, especially right now during Karabataba times. Because... <laughs> because <laughs> Sorry, you, you guys probably didn't see my face. Just lose it there. I was like, what? <laughs> What did you say? During these corona times, I said corruptible. You, you said corruptible. <laughs> okay. Yabba dabba doo, I guess. <laughs> but especially during these times with having to stay at home and stuff, it's convenience. It comes down mm-hmm. to convenience. Mm-hmm. And people didn't want to go to Blockbuster. So they were already losing their sales. And then if you check it, I mean, if you take away the late fees, which, if you're having in-person rentals, you kind of can't do that without late fees. I mean, you can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. And that's sense what's because, hard. Because they had limited copies. So, like, I remember right. I would have to – I would tell – me and my dad would be like, yeah, we're going to go watch this movie. It would be dope. And then we show up, and it's they not – wouldn't have it. Yeah. That was the worst. When you're walking down, and you're like – I'm ready. I know what movie I want. I and got then it. You, you find the little tag on the bottom and you're like, shit. Yep. And it's not there. <laughs> yep, exactly. And it'd be like, yo, so where is this? And I was like, oh, someone has it. They rented it on uh, Friday. It's rented already. It won't, it, won't, it won't come back till Sunday. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Can you not just call them? <laughs> call them and tell me I want it more. But yeah, I know that the whole, that Blockbuster was just, it, it was great for his time. But when you think about it now, going through it, it sounds too much of a hassle. And you know there's still one blockbuster like still running yeah, around. Yeah, there's right? a documentary about it. Yeah, like and that's cool, but the only reason why it's still there is because it has a nostalgic feel. Yeah. If that was common still, it wouldn't survive. Right. Compared to everything else well, now. And you know, I, I think part of the other problem was that Netflix, even though it it's not the traditional Netflix we have now where you it's an app, Netflix was subscription based versus blockbuster which is you know you go rent five movies you pay for each movie netflix you pay for your subscription you could rent 20 movies if you wanted to mm-hmm. it's included in your subscription so you people were getting more through netflix than they were getting through blockbuster so there i mean there were a whole lot of things that contributed to their you know their downfall i think dish network owns blockbuster now 
I, I don't even know why. I, they have like, I think there's a Blockbuster app on Dish, like on their on-demand thing, but it's not like, I don't even know why. Like, I don't know what the point is. Who even uses so, Dish anyways? I, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I have no idea where they're going with that. But Dish, I mean, Dish is literally a cable provider that my abuelita uses in like fucking, like <laughs> in the fucking boonies. Because a Dish is, a, they have like Dish Latino and like, it's like my aunt's favorite thing. Like, okay. No one really uses Dish. So obviously no one's going to use that Blockbuster app. Yeah. But nevertheless, um, whenever uh, I keep thinking of the whole streaming service now, because before it was just that it was just you stream these movies and the way it would go was the movie theaters would come out then it would go on dvd mm-hmm. and then it would go on streaming and then it would hit tv you know what i mean right there was a process that these movies would take till it got to the streaming service now Absolutely. with uh with the with the steps they took for wonder woman it just went straight to streaming and usually if a blockbuster movie just went straight to streaming it meant that that movie wasn't going to succeed you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know how like a, when a movie's made it just goes straight to dvd it doesn't yeah. even hit the theaters it's because the movie wasn't that good now it's hitting the streaming service and it's generating this much revenue and it's still getting all of these uh great ratings i think netflix was the one that really did that first was because whenever when netflix got like a they started investing and in making their own movies and yeah. uh a lot of people are thinking, oh, this, they're probably not going to be good. I think the first movie was Bright. Have you seen Bright with, like, Will Smith? I didn't see it, but I know what it's, it is. It's a kooky movie. It's a really fantasy-ish kind of movie, but it's actually really dope. And it was a great step forward into, like, you yeah. know, Netflix creating their new their own original movies. Absolutely. And I think that, that paved the way for, I think, is which is – possibly going to be the downfall of movie theaters is the fact that these streaming services can make the movies itself they can invest the money to make these movies right and hopefully that's not the case because the experience itself which again i'm we're talking about the experience but we're we're saying that for blockbuster too and look what happened like we love that experience of going out renting movies doing that whole shebang but it was it all came down to conveniency and Mm -hmm. If it's more convenient to just stay home and watch these movie theaters, it doesn't matter. Oh, I, the experience of going to an IMAX theater, like it's it's going to end up being like the time of the past, which is sad because don't get me wrong, the two of us here, like we both love the movie theaters. We love going to them. But I think as a society as a whole, we all just want conveniency, what's easiest for us and uh, what's not going to be hard for us later on. So I think whenever uh, I keep thinking about these, these, uh, the future of these movie theaters, I worry that you know in the near future we might see some movie theaters start closing down, right? And, and it'll and start becoming a luxury kind of thing. You know, I, I think I think we will see some close. I think that's inevitable because the pandemic has been really hard. But you know, why why do we bring up Blockbuster? Why do we bring up you know? family video family video just went out of business like a few weeks ago they announced they were closing all their stores they've managed to stay open i don't know how i think they switched more to buying blu-rays and dvds instead of renting which i can see how that's a little bit better but you know we say that because netflix even if it was this older version of netflix netflix rendered 
Blockbuster useless. The services they provided were, like you said, it, it wasn't convenient. Therefore, it was no, no longer necessary. So I think the question here is, will streaming services render movie theaters obsolete? Will they make their services useless? For me, I don't think so. And I think that goes back to you talking about the experience of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, there was an experience of walking in Blockbuster, but the actual experience of watching the movie wasn't any different because you're still going home to watch it on your computer. Or on, on, I'm sorry, not on your computer, on your TV. I'm looking at a computer. That's why I'm <laughs> that's why that word came out. No, he he guys, he bootlegs he bootlegs movies on I Pirate do. Bay. No, I don't. His his computer literally has a shit ton of viruses. Do you using, see this behind me? I he's collect. using he's using like his wife's laptop, so obviously has a lot of viruses. Just saying. <laughs> Bootlegger. Anyway. <laughs> but But i i do see what you're saying and that's the question you know i i think for me there's nothing like and and it trumps blockbuster for me there's nothing like walking into a cinemark buying a large popcorn smelling that in the air buying a large coke you get your ticket you go find your seat it's a huge screen with surround sound i mean there's nothing like going there to watch it you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah and i think that's the that's the one thing that the streaming services can't have is even if they put all their movies on there you're still watching it at home i mean i don't think anybody's got a 20 foot screen you know what i mean they're they're watching on their 60 inch tv and that's fine i mean we mm-hmm. watched wonder woman 84 on our tv and it was fine but a movie like godzilla versus kong I want to see Kong slug him with surround sound and up on that huge screen. I, when Halloween Kills come out, comes out, I want to see Michael walk out of that burning house, which you have no idea what I'm talking about because we need to catch you up on Halloween. And trust me, that's coming. But I want to see him walk out of that house in, on a huge screen, maybe mm-hmm. even on an IMAX screen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, when you go to a movie theater, you're paying for the experience. You're paying to go with your friends. You're paying for the snacks. You're paying for the big screen. All of those things wrapped into one. That's what you're paying for. You're not just paying to go see the movie. It's a whole experience. And I, I, I mean, I'm hoping that when Godzilla vs. Kong comes out, people flock to the movie theater. Safely, obviously. Wear your masks. But I mean, like, I hope people go and I hope they see it. And I hope it revitalizes this a little bit because I think it is important. I mean, if people are going to restaurants, let's be real. I see people walking around and I mean, you know me, I'm all for wear your mask, get your vaccine, do whatever you got to do. But I mean, Pete, the restaurants are packed. Grocery stores are packed. I mean, if we can do all of that, you can go see a movie. And here's the thing is like Cinemark, they've made it where you, it's not, they're not going to fill up every seat. I mean, when we went and saw Tenet, it was clean. They were changing their gloves. Everything was wiped down. They were clean. I mean, there were employees just walking around cleaning everything, cleaning door handles, cleaning the bathrooms. When we got our popcorn and our snacks, they did it all at the same counter. They, the guy changed his gloves from when he touched the money to when he touched our food. And then they wiped down the counter for the next people. I mean, it was done really well. And I think there is a way that we can go see movies safely 
without having to just rely on streaming services. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I do agree with that. And uh, I'm sure, I don't think the movie theaters are going to, I don't think they're all going to shut down. You know what I think could happen? I think they could end up being kind of similar to the way musicals are and operas. You know what I mean? Like that used to be the mm. big time thing. Like everyone would go there Friday night and watch the opera. Like it was a big deal. Musical. It wasn't casual. Yeah. But now that it's now that's become like a high class thing because it's right. so scarce and not many people do it. And uh obviously it didn't die out because people want that experience. Because when Hamilton came out, I remember I saw Hamilton in my room. That was the first time I saw Hamilton. And it was a great musical, but I'm sure it would have been far more um, enjoyable if I saw it live. You know what I mean? Right. So how am I going to connect this? I think movie theaters are still going to be around, but it's going to be a lot more scarce and a lot more expensive because it is scarce because you know the whole bullshit supply and demand thing but uh i don't think it's going to be such a casual friday thing anymore now that with just with this whole streaming service stuff I and got you. that's that's disappointing to see because you know the two of us we grew up in the age of i think in a prime age of movie theaters mm-hmm. and uh it's going to be sad to see it you know, dwindle down, but I think it's inevitable because the way the streaming service are now picking up so much momentum and generating all of these deals with these uh, studios and just having it streamed. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to die off. I know they're going to get a little bit more scarce as time moves past. By the time – listen, by the time uh, we have kids – Here we go. Yeah, by the time He's we have kids, to us now. by the time we have kids and they're old enough, you know, to go see the, to like you know, go out and see movies and stuff, and they know what the fuck they're watching, we're not going to be going to the movie theaters. We're going to be streaming it, and going to movie theaters has become is going to become like a high class kind of thing. Like it's not going to be like, you know, eleven dollars a ticket. It's going to be like forty bucks a ticket, same as it is for the musicals and the operas. I think that's probably – I could see that happening. Uh, I could see that happening a, pretty much coming in the near future whenever you know we end up having kids You know, 20 years down the line. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, I could see that happening in the near future, and yeah. it will be sad to see it happen like that. But I think it just – what happens as the years goes by and as we grow older. It's going to be different. When By the time we have kids, the experience of watching movies is going to be really different. And yeah, that's pretty much my two cents on it. Um, you and I actually like kind of disagree pretty like yeah. heartily on this one. Yeah, we disagree I, on I, that. I mean, I, I really think they're going to bounce back. And I, I, think, I think once people are comfortable enough doing it, people are going to want to go. People want to go on dates at a movie theater. People want to go eat popcorn. Bro, they, want to, yeah. they want to be there. In middle school, you know, like if you ask a girl out on a date, it's gonna go to the movie theaters. Hell, like, if I—I I mean, I'm married, thing. but I want to—I'm—I want to take her to the movie theaters now. I mean, like, I want to go. We're going next Friday, and I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean, like that, like that was like the core place for our whenever we were that age, right? And uh, 
now that we've gotten older and most of the things are on streaming services, it's going to become more scarce to go. Yeah. Like you're not going to want to go to movie. I used to want to go to movie. Our thing here in good old Richmond, Kentucky was meet up at the movie theaters, watch a movie and then walk literally half a mile down the fucking block. And you go to Hastings. Do you guys remember Hastings? I, I didn't think so. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hastings, Hastings died out too, because I mean, everything, because like, Pretty much because of Amazon and all these other like online stores, right? Because these things went online and they became, and they became convenient for for you. The experience factor just goes out the window. Mm. I think convenience triumphs trumps uh uh the experience, and that's a sad reality to think about. But it's just the way it is now. Everyone wants convenience, and it, they could care less about um the experience some people do obviously you care about the experience i, I do, do too i, really I personally do. i love going to movie theaters too but i understand why it, there's a good chance it could die out and i don't think it's gonna die out soon like obviously when these movie theaters are opening back up people are gonna want to start going but then they're gonna catch on saying i'm spending all this money going to go watch a movie when i just buy a subscription and watch it at home where I can actually cook dinner and not have to pay 40 bucks for a popcorn. <laughs> so it's, yeah, we pretty much disagree. I'm not going to lie. I agree with you on the sense that it will shoot up, but I think progressively as time goes by, it will die out. Yeah. Which so. is sad. Don't get me wrong. I will be sad to see this all go, but I just, I'm pretty confident that that's, the future they were entering in because of this COVID pandemic. I'm not kidding. If we didn't have this pandemic, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I think if it, I, I, again, I still don't think it will, but if it does, COVID was the nail in the coffin. COVID was so. going to be, I think COVID is the domino that fell. That that's gonna create right. this uh, ripple effect, or domino effect. I don't know why I said that, but uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think this COVID <laughs> pandemic is gonna start the downfall of movie theaters, mainly because of streaming services. Which, guys, I am not talking bad about streaming service. I love streaming service. I love Netflix. I love HBO Max. Mm -hmm. They all present good. They, I mean, they're great. They're awesome. I fucking love them. I have like, I, I have my budget, my monthly budget is like $50 worth of subscriptions to different uh, streaming services. Just letting you guys know. So I, I do like streaming service, but I, I'm almost certain that they're going to be the other domino that falls the movie theaters, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, man. I can see a tear running down your face. There is. There, there are multiple <laughs> tears. I, my eyes are well on. <laughs> But alrighty, guys, we would love to hear from you. That is going to do it for us today for episode seven of Let's Talk Movies. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. Let us know what do you think is going to happen to the movie theaters in the future. Um, please tweet at us. Find us on Instagram at We Talk the Movies. We would love to hear what you guys have to say. Please, please, please tweet at us and leave us a comment. Um, we will talk to you guys soon. New episodes drop every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And until then, we will talk to you guys soon. Peace.